The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. If you would, I really, I don't guess I have a scripture for you to turn to this morning, because I have a bunch of scriptures this morning. If you, uh, if you uh, like to write down scripture verses, uh, you better sharpen your pencil, because we're going to move through a bunch of them really quick, and this is kind of going to be a different type message <coughs> in that uh, I don't have a lot of illustrations, I don't have a few, and I don't have a lot of, uh, of words other than Scripture, and I think that's, that's enough, amen? Uh, have you ever had a really big decision, or a really big need, or a really big question, uh, and you needed some direction, or some guidance, and uh, you decide to pray about it? And uh, what happens after that? For me, uh, often nothing happens. You know, I think, well, I, I'm trying to figure out uh, what I need to be or what I need to be doing. And uh, uh, I, may, uh, I may say, well, I'm going to pray about this. And I start praying about it. Uh, I may want to go some direction. I may want to do something or, uh, in order to justify it. Or I may not want to do something. So I just say, well, I prayed about it, and uh, yay or nay, you know, I just, uh, I throwed up a, a prayer, and, and, but really, when we get right down to it, did we really get any direction? And I told you last week, I was kind of getting ready for this message, and, and I titled this message, Been Praying About That, and you know, often, I, I think probably most of us, if you've been in church much of your life, somebody's asked you to do something, and what's your response? I'll pray about it. <laughs> Let me pray about that. Or, you know, I've been praying about that. And it kind of stops there, doesn't it? And, and I was thinking about that, how often that, that happens. And uh, when we think about it, uh, how do we know what God is saying to us? Hey, I prayed about it. And I, I've been praying about that. But how do we know when, God's, when God speaks to us? And, and how do we know that, that he's speaking to us anyway? And, and we talked about this last week. It's, it was kind of funny. Remember, God was speaking, and, and uh, a couple of them didn't even know it was God. They heard his voice. And, and uh, Eli said, well, go back to bed. You know, you're hearing things. And, and finally, they figured out it was God speaking to them. And, and for us today, how do we know, has God ever spoke to you audibly? Now, you don't have to answer that, but I'll tell you, for me, he never has. I've never heard him audibly say something to me. Now, I heard if you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read God's Word out loud. And that's probably a pretty good advice. You know, you can hear his Word audibly if you read it out loud. And, and for us, that's the, way, uh, that's the way God speaks to us so often. I'm not saying that folks in the past, and there's not folks that have really felt like they have heard God speak to them. But more times than not, we hear God through uh, his spirit through his word through teachings, we hear God's word and we we respond to that word through those areas so how do we know that God is speaking to us and I'm not talking about a church service during an invitation all of you that are born again Christians you know that there was a time in your life that you you came to church and or you were at youth camp or you were at some type of an event and uh, and uh, the invitation time came, and you just felt inside that God is talking to me. God is calling me. God is, God is pulling me towards himself. 
The Bible says that's how we become Christians. Over in John chapter 6, 44, it says this, No one comes to the Father unless the Father, Jesus is talking, unless God, who sent me, draws them. So, so Jesus said, hey, you're not going to be a Christian unless you feel the drawing of the Spirit. Well, that's the way God speaks to us. He speaks to us through a drawing of the Spirit. You remember in John 12, 30, 32, Jesus said, When I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw men unto me. And that scripture is where Jesus is talking about being uh, put on a cross and raised up from the earth and, and dying our death and, and coming to life. And he says, If I'm, if I'm lifted up in that, in that way, in that manner, I will draw people unto myself. I'm not talking about that kind of speaking because so often I've sat in a church service and, and I've heard a message and I was convicted by the Holy Spirit and I felt the Holy Spirit of God drawing me a decision or drawing me to a time of prayer. I think we experience I'm talking about the, tonight when you go home and you get alone with God and you say, God, I have this this big decision. I have something that I really need an answer about, and, and I'm going to pray about these things, and, and I need your help. How do we know when God responds? How can we say, okay, that, that's God answering me this decision or this direction or this next step uh, I should take? I think in prayer, sometimes prayer is not enough. You ever thought about that? I told you last week, I think for us to have answered prayers, it takes some action on our part. Because sometimes I think prayer is not where it needs to end at. Sometimes uh, we pray, we have the answer we already know or we already want. We have a direction we already want to go. And, and we pray anyway, but we've already made our minds up what we're going to do. I think we do that sometimes. I think also t sometimes we, we pray and we answer without a doubt, and God reveals just like that. We pray, we say, God, I need this direction, and, and uh, here I am, I, I just want to hear from you, and, and just like that, you have it. I mean, you're like, oh, I understand, I, I've got it. But what about when that doesn't happen? What about when we've prayed and we've prayed and, and things just aren't happening the way we think they should? The first type of prayer I was talking about is, is a prayer that, that maybe you find somebody you want to marry. Or maybe you find somebody you want to get rid of. I don't know what one or the other, but, but either way, you, you, you say, you know what, I'm going to pray about this. And you, you really already know you love that person. You, you, you say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about it. And, and you get there and you, you, you pray. And I've done that before, and I said, okay, uh, I'm going to pray about this, and, and here's a prayer kind of like I would pray. Lord, I, I think this hot chick, and I think she's the one, and I'm pretty sure she's the one. What do you think? Well, I didn't hear any thunder, and the earth didn't shake. It must be okay with you. I'm going to move ahead. Isn't that kind of how we do? Well, I prayed about it, and hey... The house didn't fall and the thunder didn't roll at just the right time. God must say that's okay. So we say, you know what, I'm going uh, to go marry this person or I'm going to go do these things. And after all, I prayed about it. Don't we kind of do that? Or am I the only one? <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe you're all saying, no, I, I don't know where you're headed with this, but I'm pretty much on target. I mean, sometimes I, we pray about it. When I entered the ministry, I'll tell you more about that here in just a moment, but I wasn't looking to enter the ministry. 
I really wasn't. I, I wasn't out saying, Lord, I, I want to I wanna be a preacher. I want to be a youth minister. I want to do these things. And, and God, I, 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 I just, I just want to be there. I'll tell you more about that at the end if we have time this morning. But, but what about our prayer? And we, 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 our prayer, and when we're not really sure, what do we do? How do we go before God? And, and that's what I want to answer this morning with several different passages of Scripture. We have some promises, and I want you to listen to them. We're sitting here this morning thinking, and, and I asked you this question last week, does God speak to you? Does God still move in your heart? And we can go to God's Word, Psalms forty-eight, fourteen. For this God is our God forever and forever, and He will guide us even to our death. So we have a promise in Scripture. God is our God, and He's going he's to be with us forever and ever. Now, this is if you're a born-again Christian, He's going to guide us even to death. Proverbs 16, 9. A man's, heart's, a man's heart plans his way, but listen, the Lord directs his steps. Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord or by Jehovah, and He delights in His way. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. Proverbs eleven five the righteous of the perfect shall make his way right, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Proverbs three six in all your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. Psalms seventy three, twenty three and twenty four, listen to this scripture, but I am always with you, and you have held me by my right hand, and you will lead me and your counsel. And afterwards, receive me to your glory. Psalms 38, 2. I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way which you should go. And I will counsel you and listen to this. And my eye shall always be upon you. We have all of those promises. And God says, hey, I'm going to direct you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to give you counsel. I'm going to teach your steps to be ordered by me. I'm going to teach you the way that we should go. And then we say, well, I've prayed about it. I didn't get a word back. What am I supposed to do now? And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. Remember again, God is speaking. Are we listening? And here's our part. This is what I believe the Bible teaches is our part in getting God's answer to our prayers. The first is this, we have to pray. You know, when the, the Lord taught His disciples, when He taught the, the Lord's Prayer, He started that with this, and when you pray... He didn't say, if you pray, or I would like for you to pray. He just assumed that we as His children are going to spend some time talking to Him. So when we pray, and He taught His disciples how to pray. But listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 6, 18, through the direction of the Holy Spirit. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching to this very thing, which all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Again, Philippians 4, 6, Paul's writing, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray without ceasing. You remember what the Lord Jesus Christ did in the garden? He went to the garden and he prayed. He had this, this, he was facing the cross and he was facing uh, the, the being nailed to a, to a Roman cross and he went and he prayed to the Father. And he 
prayed without ceasing. And all through the Bible, we see where Jesus went. He went out and prayed, and he, he taught his disciples to pray. And folks, if, if Jesus Christ needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? And, and Paul says, pray without ceasing. Why would we pray? 1 Peter 3.12, listen to this. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Somebody say amen. Listen, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to his prayers. Can I put, can I put some older people... I'm talking about older than I did last week on the spot this morning. Is that all right with everybody? Say amen. Some of you say, I ain't saying it, maybe me. Dylan, you're not, you're not easily embarrassed. Come on up here. John, you, you too. Come on up here. You want to be the Holy Spirit or the Lord? Well, of course. <laughs> you can be the Holy Spirit. So, uh. So, so do we pray like this sometimes? Lord, I got this question for you. <laughs> Where's the Holy Spirit leaving you, Lord? <laughs> I don't know where he's going. And, uh, Lord, I just need to know, uh, do I need to get up and go to work this morning, uh, in the morning? What do you think? Did you say anything? I wasn't listening. I already left. Uh, well, I've been praying in the Spirit. You think, uh, Lord, I ought to pay all the bills this week and uh, just need your Spirit to guide me and direct me. Huh? I wasn't listening. You had already moved on. Y'all get the picture here? Lord, I'm about out of gas. Should I fill my truck up? Holy Spirit... I just need you to direct me where I need to go to get some gas. Anyway, back to my story. How, how often do we do that? Lord, here's my problem. Here's my question. And then he starts to answer us, we've already gone. <laughs> we've already moved on. So the Lord says, hey, Holy Spirit, I need you to move in Jake's heart. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want to move and I want to give you direction. So when he starts to give me direction, I've already moved on. And y'all can keep those for souvenirs. And y'all can give them a hand for being up here. And I, I actually uh, kind of rushed into that. I was going to get y'all beforehand and set that up a little bit. But you get the picture, don't you? Don't we do that? Lord, I'm praying about this. The Bible says pray without ceasing. The Lord says the, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. The, the Bible says the ear, his ears are open to our prayers. The Lord says make our requests known to him before God. The, the Bible says pray always and, and pray continually and pray without ceasing. And we say, Lord, I'm doing all those things by just not getting an answer. Remember last week, are you listening? For our first step is this. We have to pray continually. We need to pray. But here's the second step. This is what bothers me. This is what we struggle with because we live in a fast food society, don't we? I mean, we go to a McDonald's and we want our food in the next couple of minutes. We go to Subway and we don't want to wait 40 minutes to have a sandwich made. 
My wife griped me out because it took them 40 minutes to make her sandwich, and I don't even work there. Now, she, she didn't gripe at me, but y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, we want microwave ovens and coffee that we can push a button, and it'll be made like that. Y'all remember Grandma setting that glass coffee pot on the stove and dumping grounds in it, and it's sitting there and boiling forever and ever, and then uh, drink. Well, we wouldn't put up with that these days. We want things now. So when we go to God and we say, God, I I need an answer and I need it now. And God says, wait a minute, there's some things you need to do. And here it is. We need to seek and study God's Word. We've asked a question. My daughter was in school. She was in math. She's a math teacher now. She'd come to her dad for help. Not with English, but with math. When I didn't know the answer, I'd say, have you looked in your book? <laughs> Bring it here and I'll show you. And boy, I'd study that thing till I could go in there and find an answer somewhere. If we had a question, I couldn't answer them. I can't do fifth grade math. I've tried. You know, I could when I was in school. But what do we do? We say, go to the book because the answers are there. But as Christians, how often do we fail to go to the book? We ask the question. We make the request. We say, Lord, where am I going? Where do I need to be? But we never go to the book. Think about what Jesus Christ done when he was being tempted. He quoted Scripture to Satan. See, he knew what God's Word has to say. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. We read some Scriptures from Paul a while ago. Paul penned them, but the Holy Spirit of God spoke those words through Paul. They're God-breathed. They're profitable for direction, for reproof, for correction, and listen, for instructions in righteousness. God's Word, Psalms 119, 105 says, God, your Word is a lamp that's going to light my way. It's a, it's a lamp that'll, that'll light a path that I may follow. I told y'all a few years ago, some of you remembered, I remember what Marilyn said after this message. We were in South Texas, and me and a buddy of mine drove down to uh, his deer stand the last night. Nearly everybody was gone, and he said, oh, I've got to run down there and do this or that. And a guy there said, well, just take my little Toyota truck. And we got down there, and uh, the Toyota truck battery went dead. We were about three miles from camp. It's pitch black. It gets dark in South Texas, don't it, brother? I mean, it's dark. It was so dark. It's one of those cavern darknesses, you know. We're standing a a couple of feet apart, and we can't even see each other. And we got three and a half miles to get back to camp. What are we going to do? We didn't have a flashlight. Who carries a flashlight at Deer Lease, you know? We didn't have a flashlight, so uh, Alan said, I know. I've got my heater. Well, he had a heater that had one little red glowing bulb, a glowing fire. Y'all with me on that? (laughs) If you don't, I'll explain later. I can't think what to call. We lit it, and uh, you could hold that heater, and it would show about probably from here to about two and a half or three foot in front of us. And we walked for an hour with that little light. And you know what it was? It was a light unto our path. It was, it was all we had, and, and it was a lamp for our feet. 
Now, I used this illustration a few years ago, and Marilyn pointed out something that was really interesting that stuck with me. She said, you know, the interesting thing about the illustrations used is you couldn't see a mile down there. You could only see for the next couple of steps. Well, folks, sometimes that's where we are. We go to the Lord. We go to His Word. He begins to light our path just step at a time. So when we think about this, we're praying, we're going to go to God's Word. God's Word is possible for instruction in righteousness. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Psalms 112, 6 says, The Word of the Lord is pure words. As silver is tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. The words of the Lord are pure. Psalms 33, 4, For the Word of the Lord is right. And all of his works are truth. Proverbs 8, 8, All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There's nothing twisted or nothing perverse in them. You know, we all have God's word. We have God's word to lead us, to direct us. We have some need. We have some question before God. We bring it before God in prayer. Then we open God's word and we begin to look. And we begin to search out the answers that God has for us. Listen to what Scripture says. We're not to only be a studier, but a doer. James 1.22, do not deceive yourselves by just listening to His Word. Instead, put it into practice. Okay, I want to know this answer. It's a huge decision. I want to know where I need to be. God reveals one little part of His plan. Put it into practice. Don't say, okay, I got that first, but I'm worried about the ending. Well, wait a minute, God. I'm going to take one little step at a time, just as far as you've lit my path. I'm not simply going to hear, but I'm going to put it into practice. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them will be like a wise man who has built his house upon a rock. When we hear God's Word, we begin to put them into practice. God says, that's wise. And you're building a foundation upon the rock that's not going to crumble. That's the second thing. Here's number three. We need to seek godly counsel. Now, these things go together. We're going to go. We're going to pray. We're going to begin to study God's Word. This is something you really need an answer to. So you prayed about it. You sought God's Word. Then you're going to seek counsel. If you would, turn over to 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12, we read this on Sunday, on Wednesday night here a while back, and, and I was thinking about this godly counsel, and that's the key word, folks. I want you to listen to this story. I'm just going to jump out in the very middle of it, and we'll just kind of have to fill in around it. Rehoboam went to Sheshem, where all the people of the north, northern Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeoboam, the son of Nebat, who had gone to Egypt to escape from King Solomon, heard this news, he returned from Egypt. The people of the northern tribe sent for him, and they all went together to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father Solomon treated us harshly and placed heavy burdens upon us. If you can make these burdens lighter and make life easier for us, we'll be loyal subjects. And he answered, Come back in three days, and I'll give you an answer. And he told that to them, so they left. Now let me stop right here. King Solomon was a servant of God. 
He was where God wanted him to be. God blessed his reign. God blessed all that he did. He built the, the temple to God. So, so King Solomon, he's a wise man. And King Solomon had some godly men that he counseled with, some elders. So when King Solomon wanted an answer from God, he prayed about it. He sought God's word. And then he talked to godly men. So here we have uh, Rehoboam, and, and we're in, in 1 Kings 12, verse 6, says this, Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders whom, his, whom had served his father, Solomon, his advisors. So see what happens? Rehoboam's here. He, he has this that comes up that says, Hey, if you'll treat us better than your father did, we'll be your loyal subjects. So he's, he calls in his father's older men, his, father's, his advisors, his father's elders. And here's what he said, What answer do you advise me to give these people? He's talking to Solomon's elders or his advisors. And then he replied, If you want to serve the people well, give a favorable answer to their request. And they will always serve you loyally. But he ignored the advice of the elders. He ignored the advice of the older men and went instead to the young men who had grown up with him who were now his advisors. See what he did? He went to godly men and sought godly counsel. And these godly men, these elders, these advisors to his godly father said here's your answer and he didn't like that answer so he went and got his buddies <laughs> and he said hey what do y'all think i ought to do and his buddy said what would you advise me to do he asked what shall i say to the people who are asking me to make their burdens lighter and they replied this is what you should tell them my little finger is thicker than my father's waist tell them my father placed heavy burdens on you and i'll make them even heavier and he beat you with whips, but I'll flog you with bull whips. And three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to King Rehoboam, and they asked, they, as he had instructed them, the king ignored the advice of the older men, spoke harshly to the people as the younger ones had, had advised, and he said, My father placed heavy burdens on you, and I'll make them even heavier, and I'll beat you with whips, and I'll flog you with bull whips. See what happened? He denied godly counsel. Folks, if you're in the middle of trying to make a tough decision, or if you're in the middle of just making any kind of decision, we need to pray about it. We need to go seek God's Word, and then we need to seek some godly people. And we need to say, hey, I want you to, I want you to get some advice from you. The key word is godly people. You all know godly people. You know people that you feel like walk with the Lord? Not just one. Go to two or three of them and say, hey, I, I've been praying about I've been reading God's Word about this. I, I'm just coming up with no answer, and, and I, just, I just want to know what you think about this. When you have those words, take those words and put them into practice. Don't simply say, okay, that's not exactly what I wanted to hear. I'm going to go find somebody to tell me what I want to hear. That's what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days. You know that? The Bible says that men won't put up with sound teaching, but they'll go somewhere that they can soothe their itching ears hear what they want to hear. And that's what we do so often. Here's the, the, the next to the last thing. When we do all of these things, we need to keep some notes. 
Okay, now, a few a year or two ago, we, we give out notebooks for everybody. I don't think I'm some great orator that, that I have something that you say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on every word and, and I'm going to make every note. You know what? God speaks to you through his mess. You know, as a pastor, and I bet some of you Sunday school teachers have experienced this, I've got up here, for example, I've pre- I'm preaching this morning on, on hearing God's word and knowing God's word, and, and uh, at the invitation, be out front talking to somebody, and they'll say, boy, that word really talked to me this morning. I, you know, I've been needing to join the church, and I need to join the church, and I'm thinking, I didn't even talk about joining church today. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't even mention anything like that in my message. I had a guy come forward to be baptized one time. He said, you know what? I've been coming to this church for years and years. He's dead and gone now. He said, but this morning, after you preached, I just know that's what God wants me to do. I didn't preach anything about salvation or baptism. But you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit of God teaching and talking to us. That's why it's important... I go to church when I go to South Texas Menard. I go to First Baptist Church Menard. I take a piece of paper and I write down what their pastor has to say. And what I write down, I may not write down every scripture and everything he uses, but when he's preaching and he says something and it rings in my mind, I write that down because I feel like God pointed it out and spoke to me. I think that's why it's important to, to take some notes. But I'm talking now about when you're there alone and when you're praying about it and when you're reading God's Word and, and you see something in God's Word and you say, hmm, you know, that kind of speaks to me. Write down what it says to you because that's how the Holy Spirit of God talks to us. And then the next day when you open God's Word and you begin to read and you've prayed about that need and you said, God, I need some direction. I need to know where I'm going. And you open God's Word and you begin to read. And and this day you say, okay, God spoke to me and this is what He said to me today. And the next day you pray about it and you seek God's Word and you get your pen out and you say, okay, today this is what God said to me. And two weeks from now you go back two weeks and you begin to look at your notes and you go, man, for two weeks... God has been saying, this is where I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. Or God has been saying, no, go this direction. No, there's nothing there. No, I'm not leading you in this direction. And you have it all written out because the Holy Spirit of God has been speaking to you from where? From His answers, from His Word. So we do all these things. We pray. We seek God's Word. We seek godly counsel. We sit down with someone and they say, you know, let me pray about this for you. And let me see. Let me see. Well, I think this is what God's Word has to say about that situation you're in. And, and here's where God's Word says this has taken place. And here's where this has taken place in the past. And, and you pray with that person and, and you jot down what that person has to say. Folks, when all of those things begin to line up, When prayer begins to line up with God's Word and God's Word begins to line up with godly counsel and your notes begin to line up with God's Word and the Holy Spirit and godly counsel and and all of those things begin to come together, you're pretty sure God's telling you to do that, aren't you? Or you're pretty sure God's saying, No, this is not where I'm headed right now. I could go for an hour, folks, telling you about... We prayed about starting a ministry for clothing in this church, and we started 18 months ago. We started two years ago, and I felt like everywhere we went was a closed door. And that leads to this last thing. We need to look for open doors and opportunities. And you know what? One day, 
God spoke to a lady in this church, and she, Gwendolyn Savage, she came and said, you know, I've been praying about this, and God has placed this in my heart, and, and here are some things I think we can do. And as she began to do those things through the direction of Spirit, God began to open doors. See, what happened? We, we prayed about it, and we wanted to go this direction and that direction, and, and all those doors were closed. And I was saying, God, what do we... We want to do something. You remember King David? It said he desired his heart to build God a temple. And he drew up the plans for the temple. And after he drew the plans up for the temple, he said, God, I want to build you a temple. And God said, it's not for you to build, David. Because your hands are bloody, because of all your battles. We can talk about that some other day. But your son Solomon will build a temple. And you know what? When Solomon became king, David had the plans, had the material, had all the things Solomon needed to build a temple. See, for David, as he prayed and as he sought God's Word and he allowed the Holy Spirit to lead him in directing, things didn't turn out the way he thought they would. God said, no, David, I'm not going to let you build my temple. But all these preparations and all these things that you have done, I'm going to use them and that temple is going to come to pass just as I've directed you. We need to look for open doors. Let me just back up real quick. Exodus 34, 27, the Lord said to Moses, Write down the things I have to say to you. Revelation 21, 5, Then the Holy Spirit said to John, the one who sits on the throne said, Now I'm going to make all things new. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, Write these things down, because these words are true, and they can be trusted. See, God even encourages us to keep a note. Write these things down, because they're true. There's some new things, and they can be trusted. Acts 23, 11. Boy, I wish I could tell you this whole story, but I can't. I'm out of time. But Acts 23, 11 says, That night the Lord stood by Paul, and he said, Paul, don't be afraid, because I have given you your witness for me here in Jerusalem, and you must do the same, same thing in Rome. Let me tell you what's happening there real quick. Paul's purpose in life was to witness in Jerusalem to his brothers, Jews, all of those he grew up with, and then go to Rome and witness before Caesar. That was his purpose in life. That's how God had called Paul. Well, Paul goes on trial. And while he's on trial, he keeps getting thrown in prison. He keeps getting beat. He keeps getting shipped around to these different places. And finally, he gets before the Sanhedrin, the Jews. And he gets to plead his case. And as he stands to plead his case... The judge gets up and starts to speak to him. And Paul says, hey, I come to you, brethren. I have a clear conscience. I've not done anything against God's Word. Well, this he wasn't there as a brother. He was there on trial. And because of this, the judge ordered the guard to smack him in the mouth. Well, the, judge, the, the guard reached over and slapped him in his mouth. And Paul said, you're a whitewashed wall. That's <laughs> what Paul said to the judge. He said, you sit up there and you want to judge me by the law, and the law says that you should not smack somebody in the mouth until you've heard their case, and the guard says, you mean you defile God's judge? And he said, oh, I didn't realize that he was in charge. 
See, Paul got out of line. Because of that, Paul ends up in, and I'm, I just cutting chunks out of this story, Paul ends up in, back in prison. And while he's in prison, he begins to realize, hey, I have goofed up. You know, I came to Jerusalem to witness to my brothers, my brother Jews. My purpose is to go to Rome. All of these doors are closed, and this is what God said to him. That very night, the Lord stood by Paul, and he said, Do not be afraid, for you have been a witness for me in Jerusalem, and you also do the same for me in Rome. See how God opened that door? God said, Don't worry, Paul. You may have goofed up. You may have missed. Uh, you may have misstep. You may have misspoke. But don't worry, because I know my plans for you. My plans are perfect, and my plans are going to be carried out. And He opened that door for Paul. Pray, seek God's word, seek godly counsel, keep some notes, and then look for open doors. That's our part in prayer. If you really have a need, you really have something, God, I really want to know what you have for me in this. That's a great recipe, a great recipe to follow. I want to, I want to close. I got just about five minutes. The Cowboys won't kick off till 1215 probably, so you'll be able to hear them on the radio going home. I'll tell you about my call real short. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a shy person, that's true. You can ask my wife, that's really true. I am definitely an introvert. Don't get that confused with pervert, because I don't want you to leave and say, boy, brother Jake, you know, uh, introvert. In other words, I'm as happy by myself, I'm as happy in the corner, in a crowd, as I can be. Some of you may say, well, he's not very friendly. Well, I, I am pretty friendly, but I, I'm just an introvert. I, I, just, I just kind of a more of a stand-back type person. So I surely wasn't wanting to preach. I surely wasn't wanting to get into ministry. But I was just kept feeling God called me. Now, I could not figure out what I was supposed to be doing. I was a deacon. I was an ordained deacon in our church. And, and I finally told Denise, you know, God's calling me for something. I can't figure out what it is. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I never got an answer. And I didn't really want to do it. I really didn't. So I just kept praying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But, but I wanted to be in the middle of His will for me. And I began to study His Word. And I would just sit there, and I would write down, and, and I, I began to read certain chapters, and, and somebody said, read the book of John. I read the book of John, and then some days that y'all ever do this, I just shotgun it. I just, okay, I'm going to read here. And, and I, I would start reading it, and I would just say, okay, here's what I turn to. But these gifts are not like trespasses, for if many died by the trespasses of one man, how much more did the grace of the gift of God Come by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. And it overflowed to many. And I'd say, okay, God, what are you speaking to me in that, in that right there? And I'd try to write it down. And I began to talk to some different people. And I talked to my pastor. And I talked to some deacons. And, and I said, you know, I'm just not sure. God's called me. I'm not sure what it is. We went on a deacon's retreat. And a guy that had no idea what I was praying about said, Hey, come sit down and eat lunch with me. We'd gone break for lunch, and his name was Tommy Lowry, and, and we sat down there, and he said, You know what? 
I sense that God is calling you to do something. <laughs> Can you believe that? I said, man, you just wouldn't believe how I've been praying about this and how I've been seeking God's will for my life. He said, well, I, I just want to pray with you about it. That's twofold, folks. You need to go to somebody with godly counsel. And folks, if you've got a word for somebody, go to them. Say, you know, I just, you've been on my mind. I want to pray with you. You've been on my mind. I, I want to I talk to you about this. You've been on my mind. I have this for you. That, that deacon stepped out and, and said, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And you know, not long after that, the pastor said, we need a youth minister at our church. See, God opened the door. And I prayed, and we talked about it, and, and I said, you know, God has been calling me, and, and I can't figure out what He wants me to do, and, and now I've got this, God, this Word, I've got this notebook. It says God's called me in the ministry. I, this deacon comes up to me and says, you know, God's been speaking to me about you, and I think He has something special for you in your future, and, and God opened the door, and I surrendered to the ministry. That was about 30 years ago, but you know what? When God opened the door, He made a way. And when He made a way, He's lead, He's led, He's guided, He's directed our family. I ain't always been where I need to be, but I believe through God's answer, He showed me where I should be. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I want you to think about this. When you have that, I mean more than just a, a little, should I pay my bills and buy gas prayer. I'm talking about that one that that's born down deep inside you. And you say, God, this is a big one. I really need your direction. Don't walk off and leave God standing there and the Holy Spirit standing there, but, but say, God, I, I, want, I want you to do your part through your Word and through your Spirit, and I want to do my part through digging around for the answers and through seeking some godly counsel and, and through looking at doors that you open and and God, I want to do my part. So just keeping that, that note and that line of communication where you can speak to me, me personally. Folks, I believe when you do that, you can say, you know what, I, I stood where God wanted me to be today. And I sense his direction. I see his leading in his word. I see his leading through godly counsel. And folks, if we'll surrender to God's will... We'll never be sorry. I've never been sorry that I that I entered the ministry. I never, never have been. I've had my feelings hurt. I've been frustrated and disgusted. I, I've wondered what direction I needed to go. I've, I've, I've just said, Lord, where do I need to be? Are you through with me here? Do I need to move there? What's what I need to do? And I've left a couple of churches, you know. And and I, every time I felt like that's where God wanted me to be. Every time I went through that same process to say, okay, God, show me where I need to be that I can be in the center of your will. This morning, I want to pray with each of us here today. We're not going to have a time of invitation. If you want to come afterwards, I'll be here. But I, I just want us to pray together this morning that today we would just not be hearers of the word and deceive ourselves, but we would begin to put into practice what God has for us that we might be in the center of His will in all that we do. Father, Lord, this morning as we've looked into Your Word, and Father, over and over in Scriptures, You've encouraged us to pray. You've encouraged us to 
seek your word and you've told us what your word is for. You've given us example of godly men who's, who's went to godly counsel. And Father, through that, you've directed them in the way that they should go. Father, I thank you for those people that you put in our lives, those godly people that, that Father, you direct and, and we can go to with confidence and, and, just, uh, and get, some, get some godly advice from, Father. Lord, I thank you for open doors. But more than that, I thank you for closed doors. For, Father, when we get out of your will and we go through uh, a, a bust a door down that we can go the way we want, Father, we see so often failure, as we see in this king that we talked about and how his reign was a complete failure. Lord, I pray today that those here that have those big decisions struggling with answers that has truly entered into a time of prayer and earnestly seeking your face I pray Lord that through the directions of your word Lord that we might find assurance of your speaking and Father as we saw last week I pray as Samuel said speak Lord your servants listening and, Father, that we would find direction in every aspect of our life. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you don't forsake us. You don't leave us. You don't abandon us. I thank you that your word speaks. I thank you that your spirit leads. And, Father, I pray now that we walk in your ways. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.